Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review, and hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 255, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained, people. A lot to get into here on this version of the podcast. We've got some audio from Jerry Jones, who always likes to offer up his thoughts. We've got that. We've got dog attacks. We've got Father's Day. A couple other little things that we're going to get into as well. But as always, you need to make sure that you've got this number handy. Because I don't know when it's going to happen to you. I have no idea when somebody is going to turn illegally in front of you and you're going to smash into them. But I do know you're going to need 972-934-8900. Because that's the number to Robert Greening, which means that gives you access to the Green Team. So when life gets turned upside down and you get hurt in a car accident or injured on the premises of a business, you know who to call so they can be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. Dude, the thing about the Green Team is all you have to do is do like I am and scroll on Twitter. Those guys are always getting one award after another, some other national recognition for the job that they do. So you don't have to take my word for it. You can go look them up and see the great work that they do. And the thing about them is it doesn't cost anything, not a single dollar, nickel, dime, nothing. You don't even have to use Apple Cash. You just pick up the phone and call the number and give them a call and tell them your situation. And they'll either say, hey, we think we can help you or uh, we wish you well in your future endeavors. But the thing about it is, man, if they bring you on as a client, then for me, on the outside looking in, it's all good. I mean, listen to Matt and he'll tell you how they walk you through every process. So as I would say, pick up the phone, give them a call, 972-934-8900. That's Greening Law and let them go to work for you because they don't get paid unless you get paid. That's right, man. Consultation's free, so what are you waiting for? Give them a call, 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. So Jerry Jones had some things to say the other day, and this it sounds like it was from last week, at the end of last week after OTAs and all that, and it was interesting because I was reading about it, and I was like, man, I, w- I want to find more. And so he spoke at the star or you know what i think this was after the world cup announcement actually no, it was after the world cup announcement yeah this was after the world cup announcement the other day that took place at at&t the discovery plaza downtown in dallas and he spoke to the media for about 13 minutes and and like always when jerry speaks even if it's only for 13 minutes 
he finds a way to say a few things. And I thought we might play some of that for you. And, and first off is a comment here that makes a lot of sense, but this is Jerry talking about where the Cowboys are and really just how young of a team they now have become. We've got uh, really young players, uh, not only the draft picks, but also really more free agents, college free agents that have a chance to help us this year than I've seen in a long time. And so um, I go right to these new faces. And uh, they're very important for us. Uh, they're going to, uh, uh, their, their lack of success would cripple our hopes this year. Their success would enhance our hopes uh, more than any group that I think we've seen. I think they've got that kind of appeal. I'm not so sure that didn't. Uh, pretty uh, common around the league with the emphasis that we've got and the structure of salaries we've got that this happens. But it's certainly our case right now. So uh, to talk English here, I like all of our picks. See, and that he's right, and that's something, you know, that it's not, I don't think it's unique to the Cowboys. But the fact is, when you decide to invest in some of the players the way the Cowboys have, you you have to hit on your draft classes. You absolutely have to because you need high-level, affordable talent. See, I get all that, man, but that's all poppycock to me. And that's because if you're, if you're counting on rookies, especially when you're drafting 26, it's not like you, mm. you know, you're the Giants, you say, hey, we had two top seven picks, and they're going to come in and make a just humongous impact on our team. You drafted, you know, wherever you the Cowboys drafted, 20th, 21st, whatever it was, and they drafted a left guard. You tell me the last time a left guard showed up and was like, oh, my God, it's phenomenal. Maybe it was Zach Martin. Maybe it was Steve Hutchinson. Um, you know, it doesn't – who knows? But to me, if you're saying you're relying that much on, on rookies to get you over the top, then your team is not that good. Because I don't think with the best teams in the league, like I don't think Buffalo's saying, hey, we got a bunch of rookies in here, and if they show up and show out, wow, we got something something going for us. Or, you know, I don't think the Rams are going, oh, yeah, we need our rookie say. class to come. They ain't even got no draft picks. Yeah. So to me, it's, um, you know, that's the warning sign. Like, you really counting on these guys to come in and be difference makers and, and be the difference between winning and losing? Ah, that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. And, and it's one of those where you hope that you have a Micah Parsons in your class, but you have no idea if you do. And, and you hope that you've got a CeeDee Lamb and a Trayvon Diggs and guys that can have solid rookie seasons. But at, at what level you're actually expecting them to compete and be able to give you real... Not, I, I mean, can you even count on somebody being elite? Like, Micah Parsons last year was nobody in the NFL thought Micah Parsons was going to have that type of a rookie season. So, to your point, like, if you're planning that out and that's what you're hoping for and you're hoping to hit on four or five of those, and then him even going into the undrafted free agent part and talking about <laughs> how, on, man. how many of those guys, yeah, I mean, he literally said that, how many of those guys have an opportunity to come in here and make an impact on this team? That makes you wonder that you've got like five or six dudes and then you think pretty much everybody else is just kind of average. Bro, this is not the 70s where Charlie Waters and Cliff Harris and all those guys are showing up as undrafted free agents, you know, Drew Pearson. This ain't that, man. And so, like I said, to me it just sounded a warning sign. But it's something everybody should know. Like, again, look at the exodus from talent from this team. Yeah. 
And it starts with Amari Cooper and, and it moves on to Lyle Collins and Randy Gregory and some others. And, dude, they lost some guys who are key contributors and they've replaced them with question marks for the most part. Yeah, they have. And, and that's – but he likes the picks. He likes them. And, and it's great to know that a lot of these guys that couldn't even get drafted are expected to give big contributions to the Cowboys uh, this year. As I like to say, man, tell me a time you ever heard Jerry Jones or any other GM say, oh, God, I hate this draft. <laughs> at, at this point, how can you? Now, the other thing, he did talk about a few of these other things, and we'll get into this as well. This is him really here kind of offering some thoughts on Dak and Zeke and also on Tony Pollard. I'm really happy with how Dak is uh, not rehab, but just his work to get in top shape coming in. I like Zeke's condition and uh, physical condition. Uh, those are pluses. Uh, they're musts for us. Uh, I like the fact that uh, uh, Pollard's got a, uh, an enhanced expectation. Uh, that'll pay off for him and us. And that's just another validation, perhaps, that Tony Pollard is going to be more involved. It is interesting, and you know, you said this, too, when we were talking in Whispers from the Star last week. It seems like everybody that speaks about Zeke Elliott is, is, has something to say about the physical appearance that he apparently is in. Dude, it's pretty obvious. Like, I mean, two years ago, when it was obvious that he wasn't in shape, I mean, and people, people made it very known. I mean, to me, now it's pretty obvious the last two years he's been in phenomenal shape. I mean, he's in really outstanding shape right now uh, to the naked eye. And I say that because he looks lean. He's got a six-pack. And uh, and it's not what we call, you know, he ain't flexing. That's just where it is, which means his body fat is low. And, you know, don't forget, man, he was having a terrific season until he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And once he got hurt, yeah, yeah, things fell apart. But until then, he was having a terrific season. And so I did, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I've done research. 27 is not the end of the road for running backs. There have been a lot of them who have been highly successful and performed really well at 27. Now, 28, we had to have a different conversation. But 27, and that's what he'll be in a couple of weeks. Uh, that, man, he can still perform at a high level. Adrian Peterson had 2,000 yards at 27. Yeah, that's very true, and and that would be the hope, man. You you got to hope that Zeke can show up and not get injured and continue to be who he was the handful, whatever that was, the first four or five games last year when he looked like he did a couple of years ago. I still think he's got something left. I mean, he's got to prove it to all of us, and we'll see where they go from here, but I, I still think Zeke is very capable of being a beast of a running back. No, I would agree with that, man. But again, like you said, He's got to do it, you know. And, uh, you know, Bill Parcells used to say that every year about players, especially veterans. Um, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, but at some point you got to show me that you can still make it do what it do. Uh, but at some point in training camp, mini camp, offseason, whatever, you got to show me you can make it do what it do. And uh, when you do, it's all good. The next cut that we have for you here with Jerry Jones is his comments about the wide receivers, which much like his comments on the youth of this roster, I found these comments to be very interesting as well. I like our receiving core. I really like our receiving core. Um, and uh, I know we're missing Cooper, uh, but uh, that's going to give some more balls for somebody else out there. And uh, uh, I think uh, uh, – that we've got a, a group of receivers that can enhance uh, Dak's passing. 
and uh, our execution. So all of that's good. I found that interesting for a couple of reasons. He, like his way that he, well, I know we're missing Cooper. Like he's coming back at some point. Like he's gone, man. Y'all traded his ass. And the other thing is like, to me, when you look at this receiving core outside of CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, honestly, just honestly, what the hell do you know that you have? Nothing. And that to me is the danger, man. It's uh, it's scary to look out there and go, you know, there is CD Lamb spraying ankle away from James Washington and Jalen Tolbert being your two best receivers. <laughs> yeah, because keep in mind, Michael Gallup's not going to start at the very beginning of the year as he recovers from his injury. Right. And so he's going to miss the first couple of weeks, man. And uh, at least the first two. And so I'm telling you, bro, let me let me put it like this, man. Not that they care, all right? Not that they care. If that happens, and let's hope it doesn't because we all like to see him win because that's good for everybody. There's no, you don't get no, there's no, I ain't feeling bad for you if it happens because you weakened the position from your own volition. You didn't have to trade Amari Cooper. You, yeah. you chose to do that. You chose to take one of the strongest groups in the NFL and make it, average it best for right now um and so you got to deal with it maybe maybe you know maybe you roll seven and, and it's uh, and it's all good or maybe you crap out yeah i don't know man but you look at this and and cd lamb and even when gallup is healthy okay you've got cd lamb and you've got michael gallup that sounds great i think we all like those guys quite a bit we have no idea what James Washington's going to be. And this is a time of the year where everybody's positive. And, hey, James Washington had a falling out in Pittsburgh, and he got in the doghouse, but he's got a lot to prove. And, okay, great, that's awesome. Maybe that's true. Jalen Tolbert, I, hell, I like the guy. I thought it was a great pick in the third round. Is it going to turn out to be? None of us know, but right now the sky is high and bright. Outside of that, Noah Brown kind of is what he is. You still got Simi Fajoko hanging around from last year. He was a fifth-round pick. And everybody else that's currently here that would be a wide receiver option is an undrafted free agent either from this year or last year. You just do not have a lot of proven depth or depth that you truly believe in until they show you that you can do it. So for him to talk like that about this wide receiver group, I look at it and I go, man, I got to tell you, I mean, you're too deep right now to me at the wide receiver group, and that's with a healthy Michael Gallup. Bro, and, you know, we're talking about a league where passing the ball is what we, you know, is what teams do. It's only a couple of teams that run the ball. Everybody else is over-the-top pass happy. And so everybody's going out of their way to strengthen that position, man, not let it, not let it dip. And so, um, you know, you can talk about salary cap all you want to. At this point in the Cowboys, the way this roster is made up, I'd have found a, whatever way I could to keep – Amari Cooper, man, because just the way you are without him leaves you just so vulnerable. I would be, I, I just wouldn't want to go into a season that vulnerable. I wouldn't either, but yet that is exactly what they're going to do. We also had Jerry comment on what many of us knew needed to be upgraded, knew needed to be addressed, and here is his thoughts on the offensive line. A place that was probably my most concern that I'm the most encouraged is in our offensive line. And we've got some players from last year, young players last year, new players last year, that are going to be real contributors. And then we've got some new players this year, our draft picks principally, that uh, will, will uh, help us short term like this year. 
See, and he said that. I was like, who the hell is he talking about from last year? Is it, I guess, Josh Ball? They're expecting him to do something? Dude, this see, the problem, it's not a problem, but this is what happens, man. And it's not just Jerry, it's everybody. Um, and, and it's not about being confrontational and all this stuff. But sometimes you just have to ask the question, like, like who are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, Seriously. You know, um, I mean, I guess you're talking about your, your, your first-round pick who needs to come in and be a force. And then, uh, but again, you, you still got to deal with, with injuries and, and how the, what the fallout is from that. Um, they don't have, and you know, if Tyron Smith goes out like he's done each of the last six years for three or four games, then uh, I would imagine uh, the rookie moves over to left tackle and Connor McGovern moves to guard. So in essence, I guess the rookie is your swing tackle. But again, man, there's a reason why I think the Eagles win the NFC East. Yes, I said it. I said it right there. Is because, uh, dude, I don't think this team has done anything to really make itself better. They spent the offseason filling holes, not getting better. Yeah, it's true. And when you start looking at it like that, I mean, keep in mind, Collins is gone. Connor Williams is gone. You're starting offensive line right now in some form. I would imagine you've got Smith and Steele at your tackles. The rookie Smith and obviously Zach Martin at guard and then Tyler Biotish at center. Behind them, Connor McGovern is probably... And I'm going to say most proven because, I mean, if you go and look at what they have behind that starting five, outside of Connor McGovern, it's Josh Ball, it's Matt Farniok, who who I think was a special teams dude who was a seventh-round rookie last year, Braylon Jones, who was a street-free agent last year, and then, of course, your fifth-round draft pick this year in Matt Willitsko, and, and that's basically it, along with a couple of other undrafted free agents from this year. I mean, that that's the depth of the offensive line once you get past the starters. And you know and they're going to have injuries because they always have injuries on the line. I was going to say, you're fooling yourself if you think you're not going to have to go you know, deep into the, uh, into the depth chart uh, on the offensive line. Somebody's going to get rolled up, sprain an ankle. You know, do some of that stuff uh, during the course of the year. Have a bad back because it's such a physical game and season's such a grind, especially at 17 games now. And so to me, you know, maybe the Cowboys starting 22 is good. It's playoff worthy. The depth ain't, bro. And that to me is the problem because the NFL is all about depth. And again, this is where you have to hope that they hit on some of these rookies. But that's all it is. It's hope. It's the stuff you hate, hope, faith, and optimism, because if they don't, they have they don't have depth. I mean, they just don't, especially on the offensive side of the football in a league that is supposed to be offensive. That's where, I mean, the more that we look at this and you started thinking about his comments and we dig into this, the more that I'm starting to shake my head at what this team might be this season. <laughs> and that leads us into these next comments and this is from our buddy Todd Archer, who basically flat out asked him about the Sean Payton rumor and conversation. This is more of a lengthy answer. I think this is a little bit over a minute. And this is Jerry. I'm, I'm doing this in air quotes, backing up Mike McCarthy. But listen to how he does it and this whole thing with Sean Payton here. Sean Payton shouldn't be out there. That's, a, that's an injustice to uh, that's uh, For him, the Cowboys, all of us, uh, that's just sheer pulling it uh, out of the air. Now, it's well known we're good friends. It's well known that we think a lot of him as coach, know him well, and all of those kinds of things. To, in this case, asking the way you're asking it, he shouldn't uh, be a conversation piece. Uh, Mike has uh, uh, got an opportunity here to win a Super Bowl. 
and he's got an opportunity uh, uh, to win other Super Bowls. And so that's really the measurement of it. Uh, not just for me, but it's an eternity between right now and this time next year in our game, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. And so uh, that's, that's what I should dwell on. That's the way uh, this game is structured, uh, where our staff is in place for the year. Uh, Mike is not only here, but he's in the best uh, uh, position in my mind to lead this team as coach. He is very qualified to win a Super Bowl. I feel good about Mike, and it shouldn't be a, a part of a conversation right now as to where Mike is relative to Rope or where he is relative to Pey Sean Payton. That shouldn't be there. See, and I, I thought that was very interesting for many reasons, mainly because, like you've always talked about, he said right now a couple of times, he even said, look, did. we're so far away from where we could be at this point next year. And then the way he justified Mike McCarthy and his belief in him, he mentioned Mike McCarthy winning a Super Bowl like three times. <laughs> so that's the standard? <laughs> like, that's what I got from Like He didn't say we, we feel like he can put a winning team on the field or we really believe Mike McCarthy can take us where we want to go or Mike McCarthy can has an opportunity to do a lot of really good things this year. It was Mike McCarthy can win a Super Bowl. He could win multiple Super Bowls. You know, we're not even talking about that. We've got a guy that, that has a great chance at winning a Super Bowl. I, I thought that was really interesting, and I kind of wonder if, if that is what Jerry is. Hey, man, I mean, Sean Payton is out there. You either win and take us somewhere we haven't been in 25 years, or we will go after Sean Payton. It was obvious, man, that, uh, that he was trying to do that. That, you know, he's all about going to the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. I'm like, who looks, who looks at this team and says, yeah, this is a Super Bowl team? Who does that? Because I don't, I don't know who does that because – your boy doesn't. I mean, like, literally, it's like, seriously, not being funny. Like, who looks at this team as a Super Bowl team? Now, maybe the season starts, they win a bunch of games, go, oh, my God, they're a Super Bowl team. But nobody's looking at them that way right now because they've lost too much and they haven't added enough. Yeah. And Which is why you set them up to fail because you talk about all the Super Bowl stuff, and then if it doesn't happen, guess what? I mean, I thought we had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's, and that's what a lot of people – I think are looking at going, man, like the way you guys put this roster together and it didn't seem like you were real aggressive. And, you know, to your point, you look at some of the moves that Philadelphia made. I think, hell, I even talked about this after the draft, how much I hate Philadelphia, but how much I absolutely love what they did in the draft. And then they go out and they make some moves. They say, okay, well, what do we need? It's not enough to have Devontae Smith. And they go out and trade for A.J. Brown. And then they go out and they draft Jordan Davis to shore up that defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave and Brandon Graham. They go out and take a chance on N'Kobe Dean, where if they hit on the dude, they've got maybe one of the best linebackers in the draft. And, man, when you look at their roster, and, and I'm talking they're 22 against Dallas's 22, and then you look at some of the pieces they have depth-wise, like I'll tell you right now straight up with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and – I'm taking just that duo over Lamb and Gallup, and they've still got Jalen Rager hanging around. And, and, and they went out and got Zach Paschal from Indianapolis. There's a couple of other pieces. You know, and you well, can see, make a case when you start looking at this that the Eagles have done a little bit more than what the Cowboys did. That's why I think they're going to win the East this yeah. year. Um, but, you know, the, the Eagles did what we were talking about. See, the Cowboys are filling holes. The, key, the Eagles are adding to talent. That's the difference, you know? And just like you said, okay, they've got Rager, they've got Devontae Smith. Let's add it with A.J. Brown. 
Well, the Cowboys are going, oh, we got these three guys. Let's take one away and trade them for a couple pair of Jordans. I mean, it was, uh, I don't understand it, man. Now, you know, we'll see what happens when the season starts, bro. But they just look to me like, yeah, in the NFC East, they can compete because it's Washington, which is not that good, although they'll be better in the Giants who are still trying to find their way. Uh, but I think, you know, unless they sweep the Eagles, man, I see the Eagles winning, winning the division. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And, and look, I'm taking Dak over Jalen Hurts every day of the week, but the way that they have made that offense, running it around Jalen and trying to do some of the things that he's good at, some of their pieces, and you look defensively, I mean, hell, they even go out and they're like, oh, James Bradbury's a free agent. We could use a cornerback. Go pay that dude, dude some money. That's what I'm talking about, man. Again, <laughs> adding to talent. Yeah. And adding to a team that played pretty good in the second half of the season. And so uh, it's just, uh, man, you know, you wish Dallas had done more. I mean, you really do. Uh, they didn't, so you got to deal with the, uh, with the reality. But you just wish they had done more, man, because, um, you know, I think one of the things we'll get into uh, over the course of the season, bro, is let's keep it real, man. I think Dak Prescott's a terrific quarterback, all right? But Dak has yet to show that he can be the focal point of the offense. And what I mean is when they had those three receivers and Dak and Pilot, I mean Zeke and Pilot, it's more about disseminating the ball and doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Now what he has to do is he's got to elevate the guys around him. And uh, he struggled and didn't play good the second half of last year. Ain't no way to say it. After the calf injury, he was average at best. So – He's got to play good, and he's got to play good enough to elevate guys this year. And if he is, then y'all can come back and say, see, Taylor, you know what you're talking about. That's why they went 12-5 and five this year and won the East. Uh, but if he can't, and see, the last time he had this kind of raggedy Rudy Poot receiving core, what happened? They had to go trade for Mark Cooper because he couldn't elevate people. Yeah, that's very true. And, and, and that's, I think, in some of these positions – what they may be looking themselves at with with this year. And and man, I don't know. It's it's the maddening process of being a Cowboys fan. When you feel like other teams will be aggressive and trying to improve and the Cowboys are like, well, we're not gonna pay anybody, but hey, we found Micah Parsons. <laughs> hey, we found Micah Parsons in the draft, okay? I mean, you don't know. Tyler Smith and Sam Williams could be Micah Parsons's. Dude. And that's what they're trying to say. That's literally what Jerry is trying to tell us. I mean, uh, you know what happens is, man, you can you can put that out there, but you can't really anticipate that. No, you can't. There's no way to know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's impossible to know. Are they going to hit on a couple of these guys in the draft? I think they'll be contributors. Are you going to find another Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, and Trayvon Diggs? I have no idea. For all I know, you just had a 2019 class and drafted Tristan Hill and Connor McGovern. <laughs> yeah, and just, just so you know, I thought that uh, Connor McGovern was going to be good. Just like I thought Connor yeah. Williams was going to be good. Yeah. Tristan Hill I had questions about. But I thought McGovern was going to be good. I thought Williams was going to be good. And both those guys were average at best. Exactly. So, again, unfortunately, that I mean, welcome to the reality of relying on draft picks. And the fact that he brought up the, the freaking free agents is just comical to me. Not even – I'm talking undrafted free agents, and you need them to play a big role on this year's Cowboys team. I mean, my God. Nah. When the Rams are going out here going, what salary cap? We sign all the best players we want. We invest the hell out of them. Well, you know, and we, we've talked about this, man. It's, it's, there's a couple different ways you can approach it. You can try to be salary cap flexible and always, you know, be in a hunt. Or you can say, you know, to hell with that. 
we're going to go for it right now. We're going to try to win it while we got this two or three year window. We'll deal with the fallout when, when the fallout comes. But for now, we've, uh, we're all in. We're all aboard. We're trying to get this thing done. And what's crazy is when you look at this with everything the Rams have done, they only have four players this season, just for 2022 on the 2022 cap, only four players will make over $10 million against the cap. And that's just the way that it's structured. Now, there's a lot of kicking that can down the road, so to speak. As a matter of fact, like when they get to 2024, they're, they're going to have some interesting gymnastics to try to pull off. But you already won one Super Bowl. If you get another or play for another, who gives a rat's ass what happens a couple of years down the road? Bruh. I mean, I, I would much rather have to deal with that after winning a Super Bowl than just trying to figure out, well, we got to be mindful of the cap and hopefully, you know, gosh, maybe we can compete with the Eagles and lose in the first round of the playoffs again. <laughs> embrace. I've always been about embrace the moment. Go get it as long as you can get it. See, and I, uh, and my thing was, like, if you're going to sign Dak to that type of contract, like the Rams, obviously, it, whether they believed in golf or not, who knows? But when you go out and you get a guy like Stafford and you believe in him, why wouldn't you try to put everything you can invested? And if it screws you three or four years down the road, so what? But, like, when you invested that kind of capital in Dak, why would you not do whatever it takes? Like, hey, we, if we need Amari Cooper and Gallup and Lamb, screw it. We're going to figure it out because we can manipulate the cap and pay all these guys, and we believe we have a quarterback that we can do that with. But apparently with the Cowboys, like, well, you know, we're good enough. We'll just make the playoffs. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, it's – they've been at this a long time, man, with this approach. Yeah. And uh, you wish – you know, you wish they'd go for it on a couple times, and they haven't. So, you know, it is what it is. Yep, it is indeed what it is. So if you need something to brighten your day – Man, just order some Bruce Biltong and snack on it, and you'll just be chewing on that, and you'll be like, man, this is really good. I'm glad I, I, I can focus on savoring this instead of thinking about the Cowboys for a minute. Because <laughs> Bruce Biltong, I mean, it, it's legit. Jacques and I both really enjoy it. We had Steve on the podcast. I hope you guys all had a chance to listen to us and our conversation with him. He's just a good dude, man. And Bruce Biltong, it's a traditional South African air-dried meat. We're the only podcast that he works with. We're the only podcast he's ever worked with. You guys have been great for him, so keep it up. You know, Get those orders going over at BruceBiltong.com, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. I'm telling you, if you've never ordered it, you, you owe it to yourself to give it a shot because it's a wonderful snack. No, oh, man, I'm, I'm down with the Biltong, man, because I was a big fan of beef jerky, and then this rolled around. Especially the shave bill tongue, man. It's succulent, it's juicy. I know it sounds weird talking about bill tongue like that, man, but that's what that's the way it is. That's the way it rocks. Y'all know I like to work out. I love the fact that it's got uh, 30 grams of protein, 240 calories in a two ounce pouch. That to me is a winner. Um, it's a great snack. Matt eats it all the time. I don't need it quite as much as that. But hey, go grab a bag. You, you can thank us later. Seriously. And you will as well. It's bruisebilltongue.com. Go to the website, promo code JAM15 at checkout. J-A-M-15. Tell your friends, man. If you've got friends that don't even listen to the podcast, I don't know why you haven't told them to listen to the podcast yet. You should do that. And then tell them, hey, look what I've been snacking on. You can get 15% off too. Anybody can with the promo code JAM15. Also, Freeway Tire Shop, and, and we've been telling you about JR and his guys for a long time. And I will tell you this, if you live in the DFW area, and I don't care if you live five minutes down the road from JR or if you live 45 minutes down the road. 
the fact that you have a place in Dallas that you can go to, that you can get to, that you can drop your car off and not worry about if you're getting ripped off or what they're doing to it. To me, I don't care how far away that place is. If I can drive there in a reasonable amount of time, quite honestly, like if I could drive there in under an hour, I'm taking my car there because the peace of mind, (laughs) seriously, the peace of mind that you get from going to JR, I, I think is more than worth it. The thing about JR is for me, I don't I don't work on cars, all right? Don't judge me. It's just the way it is, man. I got other talents. Yeah. Um and so I gotta have a mechanic I trust. And I've always searched for one that I did. Sometimes I found one, sometimes I didn't, but I've always searching. Uh with JR, man, the search is over till he dies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah. man? Because I, I ride with JR, man, because you can trust him to diagnose the problem. You can trust him to use quality parts. Don't sleep on that, man. Quality parts matter because it means your car don't have to go back to the shop as often. I trust him to charge me a fair freaking price. And then, man, I trust him to stand behind his work. He's done that every single solitary time. I got six rides, okay? All but one is paid for, so don't judge me on that. And I take him over there because they always got something wrong with him, and I can trust him to fix it and get him back on the road quick, fast, and in a hurry, as Grandma used to say. It's easy. It's Freeway Tire Shop. It's just north of downtown Dallas. No matter where you are in the Metroplex, I am telling you, give them a shot because I do think you'll be blown away by the customer service and and just the overall service. The mechanic you can trust, it's Freeway Tire Shop. Online, you can request a quote. You can schedule an appointment. Make sure you let them know you heard about him on Jam Session. He'll get you taken care of at Freeway Tire Shop. So we got some stuff to get into here in this trip around the block. First off, how do you? How often do you go to the dentist? Ha! I just went uh, about three weeks ago. I try to go the way you're supposed to go, and then for a while, when I was on a good routine and a good, probably a two year period, it's the best two year period I ever had, I was getting cleanings quarterly instead of every six months. Mm-hmm. That's very, uh, very, so very, very nice, I, actually. Now I said I did that for a stretch, and then. For some reason, you know, because what happens is in the business I'm in, I make an appointment, something comes up, I have to cancel it, and then maybe you get there, maybe you don't, maybe you wait till the next one. But I'm back on a pretty good routine now. Um, I'll tell you something interesting about this since you brought up dentists. Okay. I got rid of my dental insurance. Interesting. Because I figured out, now I don't, I'm not a guy who has teeth problems. Right. Like right. as long as I've been, as long as I've been alive, 55 years, uh, the the dentist told me to get rid of my wisdom teeth at 19. I told them as soon as they start hurting, you're welcome to go in and have surgery and take them out. They started hurting at 49, and that's when I got them removed. Outside of that, I've really never had any problem with my teeth. So as I became my own boss with the JJT Media Group, you know, you're trying to find insurance and stuff, and yeah. I'm like, dental insurance, man, for what I need, really ain't worth it because i'll just and i go to the i've been going to the same dentist for 20 years i just go to the dentist pay a hundred dollars to get my teeth clean every six months and get an exam and just keep it moving you know what i'm saying yeah that makes sense and and i think if you do that regularly it helps you to avoid a lot of problems that will develop or can potentially develop down right. the road because then if he sees like hey you got some periodontal stuff coming up they go oh i guess i better find me some insurance yeah, you would need to find some. And, and I will tell you, so my lady friend, her dad is a dentist. So we go to him and uh, we went, I had been to the dentist. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why. 
honestly, that I don't go to the dentist more often and that I didn't go more often. But I have been to see him like we hadn't gone in like three years to see him. As I mean, obviously, really? we've seen him multiple times, but not to see him as a dentist. Oh, that's what know? I mean. Like, like, we go see him, but we'll just hang out. And it's not like we're going to his office so he can do like check up on us or whatever. So we went on Monday of this of this week. And I hadn't been to any dentist in three years. Before that, I probably hadn't been to the dentist because I went to him a couple of years ago. And before that, I hadn't been to the dentist in like five years. What is the deal, bro? I don't know, man. I don't know why. And, and I don't know what the problem. I, I think I can tell you what it is. I've never have a cavity. I'm never going to have a cavity. And so for whatever reason, I think in my head, I've been like, I'm good. You know, my teeth are fine. I've got good teeth. The problem, and I have learned this, and this is almost like a public service announcement for everybody. Is it like a tartar thing, a plaque thing? Well, plaque can build up on you and whatnot, but the problem becomes if you have gingivitis, like you can have really good teeth and have bad gums. If you don't floss, if you're not regularly flossing and you don't go and get regular cleanings, then all that stuff can build up in your gums and it can cause a lot of problems. And apparently I have some problems. Oh, my. So much so that I was really disappointed in myself. I was, I was kind of pissed at myself at the office the other day because it's one of those things that I could have easily have done this myself earlier, but I right. have periodontal disease. Oh, so I just, I just spoke it into existence. I feel bad about that. No, it wasn't you. It's, it's my neglect. It's my own neglect because I wasn't flossing like I'm supposed to. You know, I do what everybody else does. I brush my teeth twice a day. I don't think anything of it, and I'm good. We go to the dentist, and they take x-rays and whatnot, and my, my bone line in my jaw has been eaten down by bacteria. And you can yeah, see bro. it on the x-ray. Like, he showed it to wow. me. Wow. He goes, it's supposed to be here, and it's here. And he goes, dude, this is like a serious thing. Like, you need to get on top of this. And he your said, teeth will fall out. Right, yeah. He, like, eventually, if, if you just let it continue, eventually... You will lose so much bone that your teeth will no longer be anchored into your jaw and they'll just fall out. Dude, you know what's crazy about that? Um, like, I would raise your most people don't even know about, about periodontal, whatever you say, it, yeah. uh, disease is. The reason I know about it is this my mother had the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. And so she told me back in the early 90s one, you got to make sure you go to the dentist all the time. Two, you got to try to floss or do this or that. Now, I wasn't a big flosser up until about the last two or three years because I get those, what do you call those, floss picks or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. And I literally, literally keep a big-ass bag of those in my car, and I just I just floss off way to, to wow. wherever I'm going and all the way back um, just, just out of habit now, and especially after I eat something. I'm for, forever picking something out of my teeth. But I remember going to the dentist a couple years ago and, you know, I am a reporter. So he was like, hey, he's doing this. He's like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4. And when he finished, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. He goes, oh, I'm checking your your gums to make sure that they're all within a certain category of length to make sure that you don't have periodont. You know, but the first time I said that, I said it fine. I can't say the word. Periodontal. Uh, that you don't, periodontal, that you don't have any of that going on he says now your gums look good your teeth look good you're in uh, good shape just floss even more than you've been and you'll be in even better shape yeah it's wild man i mean it, it, it so what's the uh what's the well you can't get your bone you back this? like the bone doesn't grow back but i can stop it and so okay. 
it's like anything else in my life. Like, like for instance, they told me last time I was there, I had like more plaque and, and that was like gross. And I was like, man, okay. And they showed me right. what I could do to brush behind my teeth to help avoid that. So I started doing that. And so this time they're like, yeah, your plaque's gotten like way better. Like we can tell that you've made an effort. And so my thing is like, it's like anything else. Like if something happens and I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Like when I stop drinking sodas or like, right. I don't eat hamburgers out at restaurants and stuff. Cause it made me feel a certain way and I hated it. So I just stopped. Well, this pissed me off so much that I let myself get to that point. So now like I'll, I'll be hardcore about it. And I, I've now granted, this is only one day of an example. Cause I just found out on Monday, but I'm going to floss. Right. I'm going to floss in the morning after I eat. I'm going to floss at night before I go to bed. They gave me an antibiotic mouthwash that right. should last me for about a month. That's like a, a prescription level mouthwash to help me. And that'll help kill a lot of that stuff that's in my gums and whatnot. And then they were saying like, he wants me to come back like every three months. So yeah. that, like once a quarter so that they can get deep cleanings and stuff. And he said, you know, once you do that and we see the effects have stopped, then you can start going every six months. But he's like, you got to be on top of this. And so now that you kind of know that and understand it and you see the real results, because I've yeah, had gingivitis. don't lie. Yeah, and right. it's one thing when they go, hey, you know, if you don't get on top of this, you run the risk and you're like, oh, I'll be fine. And then you see it and you're like, okay, well, you know, this is my fault. I did this. I could have avoided it. Now I'm pissed off. I'm irritated with myself that I let it get to this level. And I, like, I'm really disappointed in myself. So now all I can do is, is go about doing it the right way to, to where it doesn't get any worse, which I, pr I can promise you I'm going to be doing. Because that's nah, just man, the type of person uh, I am. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, you have uh, that OCD in a positive way. Yeah. And so, you know, once you make up your mind, you know, I wish I had that kind of discipline in a lot of things. Once you make up your mind, you're pretty much locked in. And so, yeah, you'll get it under control from here on out. Yeah, and that's the but thing. It's, like, uh, you, it's you, wild. It is wild, man. And, you, and, and part of it that, that almost made it worse is that, you know, this is essentially – my future wife's dad that's working on my teeth and he's the one telling me this and you're just like god man not only am i disappointed in myself but like i'm you know my lady friend's dad is a dentist and and i'm it's like i don't even know how to take care of my teeth and it's just one of those awkward things you know <laughs> and they deal with way worse than me and they even said that and they they but still you you feel like okay i got to do better and i got to be better and this is ridiculous and well, you know, if, uh, I'm kind of, um, okay, you know, I'm one of those dudes, man, who's got some of those makeshift dental tools at the crib. Yeah. And I and I scrape plaque off my own teeth <laughs> because whatever it is, that's my thing. Like, it drives me nuts. And the worst part of it is, you know, you got different people with different d degrees of uh, tooth care, yeah. you know, that you run into. And so, bro, when I run into people who have, you know, heavy plaque on their teeth because either they've got a heavy plaque thing or they just haven't been to the dentist in a long time, you know, I have to focus on not staring because it's like you can't stare. It's because it's like you can't unsee it once you've seen it. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very true, man. And, and, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that I don't know. It, it's sometimes in life you have to have like a slap in the face or a you know it's black and white there's no gray area on this okay nah bro but you know you're uh i i had this i was at the grocery store yesterday walmart actually i was at walmart and i ran into uh my son's uh former teammate at DeSoto, one of his buddies and so we're, we're just chopping it up in the aisle for a minute because he works there yeah and uh i said man have you seen your boy lately 
He goes, yeah. He said, I said, man, you got to get him back on the weights. So my son, who weighed 195 pounds at the start of football season about a year ago, yeah. told me, because uh, I, I, somebody told me they'd seen him at the gym working out. I said, oh, you've been working out? He says, yeah, I stepped on the scale. I was 167. I was like, I am skinny. I got to get back to lifting weights. Now, here's the point of that. I was telling my son's friend, I go, you know, he was probably 160 in about the fifth grade. And we had to have a talk on the way home. And I said, hey, man, you can keep sneaking sodas and taking snacks and eating them upstairs. And you're going to have to have a shot in your belly every day because you got juvenile diabetes. Or you can work with me, eat good during the week, eat a little junk on the weekend, and we can nip it in the bud. Obviously, he listened because, you know, you can't guard your kids 24-7, man. They got to have some accountability. Yeah. And then, you know, he turned his whole weight around and, you know, now he's a great looking kid. Not that he wasn't then. He was just a fat, great looking kid. But now, you know, he's got a great body and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so the point being, you can catch that stuff. And if you're committed to fixing it um, with time, you can fix almost anything health related. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I mean, it just takes a little bit more effort on my part. I mean, it, it takes the commitment to say, okay, I'm going to properly floss. And it may, it, you know, may take five minutes after I brush every time. But that's 10 minutes a day, basically, you know, to do those things that you're supposed to be doing. Some people just do it naturally, and it's, it's, that's what they've always done. But it, it's, it's an interesting thing. It, it's really interesting sometimes. And, and, man, I saw those x-rays, and I was like, holy crap. You know, the great Deion Sanders brushes after every meal and or snack. That's amazing. Meaning he's got toothbrushes literally everywhere. Yeah. Because whenever he eats, car, just wherever. He's got to go brush his teeth because he doesn't like the way it feels with uh, any kind of food on his teeth. Yeah, I can see that. And, and now I'm going to get I'm going to get a water pick, which is like a water floss type thing, you know, that yeah. you can use that that really works really well to keep them clean. And, and I told him, I said, you know what, I'm going to come back in three months. And you guys, I'm telling you, you guys are going to look at this and go, wow, OK, what a difference. Like you've been doing what you're supposed to. I told I told the hygienist, I was like, look, man, I'm that type of person like I, I want to be a great patient. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to come in here and be like the one person that, that you're like, man, we told you to do all this and you did it. And this is great. Like, I will set myself to make sure I accomplish all this. So we'll oh, see I, how it goes. But, man, I don't I don't really have any doubt about it. Now, who knew we were going to have a 15 minute conversation <laughs> on the dentist? Yeah. And that's I mean, this is what the podcast sometimes when you reveal personal things about yourself, especially something like that. But. I know I'm sure some of you, who knows, maybe a couple of you listening will be like, yeah, I've been through that. Or, man, you're exactly right. I need to start flossing. And, and I don't know. It's always one of those things. So we will start flossing together, person out there that's like me. And yes. if all of you are just laughing your ass off, well, then at least I brought you some joy. <laughs> the other thing that I had for you was Father's Day, this past Father's Day weekend. I hope you had a good one. We were in Oxford, Mississippi, where the lady friend's dad lives, just hanging out with him and some, like her brother was there and her sister was there. And we just kind of went to the pool that day and hung out and watched a little baseball because Texas and Texas A&M were playing for the first time ever in the College World Series and the Aggies whipped the Longhorns ass. And we just sat by the pool, <laughs> sipped on some beer and, and just kind of hung out. It was a gorgeous day in Oxford. Sunday in Oxford, there wasn't a cloud on the, in the sky, and it got it was about eighty seven degrees. Wow! Yeah, it was just wonderful hanging out at the pool all day. 
Sounds like it. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot. I uh, I chilled most of the day. Went had a great. Um, it's kind of in between. It was like three o'clock, so it was in between lunch and dinner with my kids and uh, my grandkids, and it was uh, it was it was a good time. Have you ever been to Paris? I've been to Paris. Dallas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you Have you had the famous pork chop? We have, dude. We went with Alan one time after a show. Oh, we, okay. We, yeah, right. and we all went and had right. pork chops. Well, we had the famous pork chop. Uh, now. Granted, upon further review, we didn't need four of them. We could have really had two of them yeah. and split it. But instead, we ordered four. And I was like, oh, my, I'm glad I don't have a bill today. This is incredible. Uh, but uh, it was a good time, man. It was, a, um, it was just a good time hanging out because, uh, you know, they're all grown now or they feel like they're grown. So it's very rare that we all get together and have a chance to talk and catch up and uh, make fun of each other. And so it was, a, it was a good time. It was a good Father's Day. And then, uh, you know, I like to talk to... Uh, my dad solve all yeah. the world's problems and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I gave my dad a call, of course, as I always do on Father's Day. And then it was nice because my son called me, which was nice. And, and we FaceTimed for like 20 minutes, and that was cool. So, Well, you know, my dad, my son, and, you know, I, I think as you get older, you, you actually take some of this to heart. Whereas before you just go, ah, whatever, man. Because yeah. you're a little kid, you're just doing whatever. Right. But he sent me, he sent me two interesting, well, one interesting text, actually. And see, this is important for him because he's still a kid, which means like he forgot my birthday this year. And he called me like eleven o'clock. He's like, "Oh man, Dad, I'm so sorry. I thought your birthday was tomorrow," because he got his days mixed up. It's all right. So he sent me a, a little text this mo- that morning. It said, Happy Father's Day, best dad I could ever ask for. And I thought, you know, he probably really means that. <laughs> yeah. And then later, I found this interesting, man. He said, could you, and I'm going to ask you a trivia question, Matt. He said, could you send me some pictures of us? I have none in his phone is what he meant. Hmm. Now, I take a lot of pictures of everything and anything because I'm a reporter. I call myself a chronicler and a historic historical person that is very true how many pictures do you think i sent him let me see i sent the last he sent that text at uh 5 22 p.m and i was doing some other stuff and i the last batch i sent him was at uh you know i don't know a couple hours later yeah how many pictures did you send him yeah god man I mean, I almost want to say like 500. <laughs> okay, no, that's a bit much, but I did send him 80. <laughs> and it was just me and him on the vast majority of them. Okay. And uh, I took that as a sign of, uh, because I tried to, you know me, man, once I got, actually the last batch I sent him, I said, you know I'm extreme, right? Uh, um, I tried to send him pictures all the way back from like when he was a baby and one or two and we were hanging out all the way up to, you know, a couple of weeks ago at his graduation. And uh, here's the sad thing, Matt. A lot of those pictures are just me and him selfie kind of things. Yeah. I literally remember almost all those pictures and what we were doing and where they were and all of that. Nice. I mean, it's just kind of bizarre to me. I don't know that I should remember all of that for whatever reason, but I do. Yeah, it makes sense, though, in, in, in some sense. I mean, because it's your kid, so. But 80 is I a guess. lot to remember every moment of every 80 pictures. <laughs> that's why I felt weird, bro. Yeah. Maybe, well, some of, maybe, some, maybe some of that's just my reporter brain, man. 
Yeah, it could be. You've you've logged it a certain way in your mind, yeah. I would imagine. Right, 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 right. No, Father's uh, Day is fun, yeah. so I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope you did. I also hope that all of you get a chance to enjoy Smokey John's and the Jam Session Bowl. I, I know so many of you that have reached out and have tried it. It's not on the menu. It's a secret menu item, and, and you got to get over to Smokey John's Barbecue Man Local, it's owned by a couple of brothers. It's been in their family for years. The food is amazing. I mean, it really is. Every single time, because we talk about the Jam Session Bowl a lot, and and it's funny because you guys will go in, and we've had a couple of you that are like, all right, I had to see if it was worth the hype. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm like, see, we could read 50 reviews of people that have had the Jam Session Bowl, and they would be echoing, if not going beyond the way that you and I describe it. (laughs) Nah, bro. That's because, number one, it is delicious. Number two, it's aesthetically pleasing. I mean, it looks great. And number three, what does Smokey John's make that isn't sensational? So when we put all that together, the Jam Session Bowl could only be fantastic. That's true, and it is. It, it very much so is. So go on in there, man. Swing by, grab the Jam Session Bowl. They've been big supporters of ours, and I know many of you that keep going in there and supporting what those guys do. And It just works. And by the way, as always, if you don't live in the area or you just want to try it, you can get the barbecue sauce and the rub. You can get it in store or you can go online to SmokeyJohns.com, click on Smokey's Market, and you can order it and they will ship it to you wherever you happen to live. I use mine all the time. I love, love, love the barbecue sauce. I just think it's phenomenal. So get your bottle today. I have. I have literally drank from the bottle. (laughs) Like I was drinking a Gatorade or something, but instead it was Smokey John's barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's amazing to me. It is kind of weird. <laughs> but what can you do? So before we started recording the podcast, you told me, you're like, man, I almost got bit by a dog. And I'm like, what? And so this is such an, an, a weird conversation because you don't own a dog, right? No, and I'm not afraid of dogs. See, and I, I don't own a dog, and I'm like I'm whatever about dogs. I mean, I, I we had a dog at one point, and it, it passed, unfortunately, and we haven't gotten another one. And, and there's sometimes we think about getting one. It, I don't know why we haven't, because I know the lady friend is a big dog person. So I would imagine at some point we will have a dog again. I'm not opposed to it. Here's the problem. I really, really like dogs. Several times I've looked into getting dogs because I really wanted a boxer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also like, dogs are like babies. And you have to take care of yes. them. Yes. You have to play with them. You have to take them out. I mean, they're, they're a member of your family. You got to take them out and, and take them on walks and let them do their business two or three times a day. I mean, you just have to, they're they're a commitment. And every time I get ready to pull the trigger, I'm like, do I want this commitment on the worst day of the year? Yep. And more, well, obviously, I go, no. (laughs) So I haven't done it, although I really like dogs. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger and do it. I would agree, and I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't think of it that way, and they don't give the animal and the specific breed the yeah. proper type of care that that specific breed needs to have. And it's co- it's colossally unfair. Like, if you're going to get an active breed, then you you better be an active person. Dude, that's what they told me about boxers. Like, they like to run, they like to yes. play, they're kind of goofy. And if you don't want to run, play, and be goofy all the time, then you probably don't want a boxer. And yeah. I was like, man, I'm so freaking moody. I'd be good, like, 
300 days of the year, but those other 65, I'd be like, man, shut up and get out of my face. Yeah, and that's the problem. And, and it's not the animal's fault. I, I mean, 99.9% of, of problems that, or, or perceived problems with dogs is because of owner neglect and owner misunderstanding of the yep. breed and what the dog's needs are. And I hate seeing that. It drives me insane. Like, I've never understood these people who live in an apartment and they go to a job for like, they're stuck in traffic, they work eight hours and they come home and they've got like a great Dane that's just sitting in a, <laughs> in a crate for 10 hours out of the day in a tiny little apartment. I'm going, how you honestly think that's what the dog's life should be? Dude. See, I, I, I guarantee you, man, they don't even think like that. They, they literally don't even think like that's the dog's life. Like, like if I got a dog, we would get a medium-sized dog because we have a decent backyard, but it's not large by any sense of the imagination. But the type of dog that, you know, this size backyard would be plenty of space for it. And it could run around and we could take it out. And then maybe every once in a while, I'd run it around the neighborhood if, if, if it wanted to do a little bit more or whatever. But, you know, I, I wouldn't get some massive dog where they're like, hey, make sure that this dog has plenty of activity and, and, and goes for a run six days a week or whatever. Because I'd be like, I'm not going to probably do that. And nah, then it's not yeah, fair I mean, to the animal. Nah, I think you're 100% true. But we bring this up because you, you you didn't get bit. You almost got bit by a dog. Dude, like I'm not afraid of dogs, okay? Uh, a good friend of this to me, this is a funny story. A good friend of mine has two Rottweiler. No, one's a pit bull, one's a Rottweiler. And both of them I, both of them I met as puppies. And when they were puppies, I let them just sniff me and love me as much as they wanted to. And now that they're big-ass dogs, every time I roll over to this house, they look at me. They're like, hey, what's up, bro? And I just keep on moving uh, because they know me, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not afraid of dogs, big dogs, whatever. So I'm at a friend's house the other day, bro, his apartment. And I'm walking in the door. And I see I'm, – I'm, I'm actually stationary because I see this lady – and what looks like some kind of terrier. It looks kind of like a, uh, it looks like that dog on the Little Rascals spot or Pete or whatever his the name is. The Little was. Rascals. <laughs> yeah, I'm really dating myself now. Because it looked, it looked like some kind of terrier. Like, I don't think it was a pit bull, but it's some kind of terrier. That's awesome. What a uh, reference. Because I, don't, <laughs> I don't think this lady had a pit bull. But she's got him on a leash and she's walking out the door. So I let, I literally let her get out. And she's outside the door and she's taking like a couple steps. And then I grab my soda that was yeah. sitting on the ledge and I walk in. As I walk in, man, this dog turns. She's got him on a leech and he lunges at me. Whoa. And he takes a bite out of my designer T-shirt. Really? Dude, like a bite, like a like there's a piece of cloth missing. And I go, the fuck? And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Can I buy you another T-shirt? I'm like, oh, my know, God. It's like it's not even, like, I feel dumb saying give me $20 for this T-shirt. But I was like, no, nah, it's fine. Oh, please, please, let me. I was like, no, nah, it's fine, really. But I was like, if that dog had taken a chunk out of me, bro, I'd have been like, uh, you know, that would have been a fight. Now, maybe I'd have lost. 
But then maybe I'd maybe I'd call the green team and I'd be getting paid. Yeah, maybe. I mean, to me, like if somebody had a dog that bit me and ripped my shirt like that, I'd be like, yeah, you're buying me a new shirt because you can't. Again, you're not doing what the animal needs or you're not paying attention or whatever. And I've always thought that's interesting. Like, like people just let their dogs run wild. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's just having, you know, I don't want your dog jumping up all over me random yeah. person at a brewery like what if i had a kid <laughs> and i and you look over and my 10 year old's just crawling all over somebody they'd be like whoa right, what do right, you right. hate what's going on but with an animal we're like oh yeah jump up all over me that's hey, well <laughs> no big deal like why would i nah, why do bro. i want your dog's muddy feet all over me while i'm sitting here trying to Dude, enjoy this beer go figure man so it was uh it was it was just kind of wild i was more shocked than anything and then i was just kind of pissy uh, but it wasn't a new shirt. It was an older shirt. I mean, it's a nice shirt, though. I, I enjoyed it. It's just a black T-shirt. But I was like, this dog literally took a bite out of my T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, that to me would be, I, I would not, I mean, that I would not like that. And I'm nice no. with animals. Again, my problem is not with the animal. It's with the owner of the animal who's either not paying attention or is dragging their dog around or doesn't care to take care of it. You know, dogs no. should not be attacking people and jumping all over people. That is an owner thing. That is the owner did not do something the dog is requiring. True that. True that. And then I um, like I, I never get mad at the animal. I just look at the owner and I go, "What are you doing? Like, why do you even have a dog if you're not going to pay attention to him?" Um, I get it. Um, now, have you ever had other encounters with dogs? Yeah, I've been bit by a dog before. It was a really. Yeah, it was a girl I was dating, actually, at the time, and she was over, and this was during the World Cup in, it must have been, man, when this would have been. I'm trying to think. I guess the 2014 World Cup? Wasn't there a World Cup then? Yeah, there was. And so I was watching the U.S. game, and they scored, and I and the, she had like a little small, oh, like a Yorkie or something, I guess. And the dog was sitting really? next to her. Yeah, and, and I, like, jump up, and I'm like, yeah. And I go to give her a high five, and that dog Ooh. jumps up and bites me right on the bottom of my arm. I mean, broke skin and everything. Really? He probably thought you were attacking his mother. I guess, but I was not happy, as you might imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it got really bruised and all that, and, I mean, it was just, like, one of those things, like, what the hell, man? And I've had I've been chased by dogs before. I mean, I think anybody who has ever gone for a run, if, and again, it's not the dog's fault. Somehow the owner didn't leash it or somehow they let it get out, whatever. They don't, they, and some dog like just comes chasing after you and they don't know, like if you've got headphones in into something, it can be very unnerving when all of a sudden you hear something and you're like, oh my God, there's a dog like right there nipping at my heels. Dude. Yeah. Not like you're out and about, you got to. You, you almost can't wear your headphones. You got to be you got to be a little bit aware of uh, what's going on. Um, but uh, you know, I, no, I haven't I haven't had that situation. I did. I remember I've had two other encounters with dogs. One of them I was in uh, high school, I think, like about the ninth grade, and I had uh, I had snuck into uh, Bishop Dunn's football game because we lived a couple. Uh, yeah. I lived behind Bishop Dunn, so I had snuck into their football game. I have no idea who they're playing, but I, I was leaving, so I was walking home. It's, it's literally a block, block and a half from the house. And as I'm walking down the, down the driveway to walk to the front of the street, these two dogs are there. And it's like two little buddies. One's kind of a little one, and one's a much bigger one. 
And I had read somewhere because I used to do a lot of reading on dogs and stuff. Yeah. That you know, when when a dog is about you, look at him, but don't move, and you know, eventually he'll leave you alone or whatever. Nah, these guys didn't get the memo, bro. So we just sat there, literally staring at each other. Now, I'm not exaggerating. This felt like about 30 minutes. Now, maybe it was only like 10 or so. And then finally, because I think this was after the game and I had been goofing off or something because it seemed like there should have been some more traffic where it shouldn't have been that long. Yeah. But uh, nah, man. And finally, I made a move. And every time I made a move, they started growling. So then I'd, I'd stop and we'd play I, you know, I stare game again. Yeah. And finally, man, somebody came up and shooed the dog away. And I was like, Jesus, I've been out here all day. I'm not usually afraid of dogs, but I think I was afraid right then. No, I've, I've had, I remember one time in high school, we were like throwing the football in the street or something. And some dog comes flying around the corner that had gotten Bro. out of its backyard. And, you know, I, I don't think it was a pit bull. It was like a Rottweiler or something like that, I think. But, you know, you see a dog like that running at you, and I remember we just all broke, and it started chasing me. I climbed up the front of somebody's house and yes, got sir. on their roof. Bro, waiting you got for on some, the roof? Yeah, because they had, they had a front, like, pillar that yeah. – this was like a house built in the 80s, so it was like a brick pillar that had, like, the little bricks – you know, that were kind of jutted out a little bit. So, I mean, you could climb up, but super easy. So I climbed oh, okay. right up that, and I got as high as I could, and that dog was nipping at me, and so I just sat on the roof waiting. And then, like, five minutes later, the, you know, here comes the owner. Oh, we're so sorry. Uh, we, he just ran out of the back when we opened up the fence or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, Jeez. awesome. Dude. <laughs> you know, no, it's, that's, uh, oh, hey, sorry, uh, you ripped half your face off. You know, gosh, he... We, we didn't think he needed to be on a leash or whatever the case may be. It's like, you know, again, it's user error all the time. Bro, my only, my last dog adventure was, uh, I was in college then. I can't remember. I was, um, I lived about a mile and a half from, from campus, Ohio State. And so I was taking the city bus because I was too lazy to walk, which is part of the reason I was a fat ass back then. And so either I was, seemed like I was getting off the bus walking back home. And you know how you just have an awareness like that spidey sense and you yeah. just look around? Dude, there's a pit bull in full sprint. Yes, a pit bull. Like, like, like I was not mistaken. A pit bull in full sprint. Oh, my God. And so I did the only thing a fat guy could do at that point. Yeah. I started sprinting, moving my chubby little legs as fast as they could go. And uh, I hopped up on this car that happened to be, I don't know, probably 15 yards away, 10 yards away. Dude, I didn't care. No shame. Jumped up on the roof. I mean, jumped up on the hood, scrambled to the roof, and just kind of waited a couple of seconds for this dog to get tired of trying to figure out how to get up there before he turned around and ran off and decided to try to harass somebody else. Jeez, man. Yeah, that's... Now, that one was scary. Yeah, that would freak me out. You know, and, and I got to say, like, like, I, for the most part, enjoy dogs. I mean, there are some breeds that I probably don't enjoy, but... For the most part, like like my lady friend, her mom has these two little dogs, and, and they're totally fine. And then her brother has a German Shepherd. He has a German Shepherd that was so cool that we literally thought about getting a German Shepherd. Like, like we enjoyed being around that dog so much. And, and so, again, a lot of it to me, it just depends on how the dog is trained and, and, and the environment that the dog is cared for in. But I think that there's a reason why they call it man's best friend. And, and I think 95% of most people's experiences around animals and dogs are, are positive. But, man, if you're one of those people, 
it, you really have to, to me, think about the need of the animal and what the animal needs. Like, we need more people to think about that. Uh, yeah, bro. I think so. I think so. I think uh, it's like a lot of things, man. It can't always be about you. You got to have a little bit of long-term thinking to it. Especially and, uh, with an animal. I mean, it, again, yeah. it, it's... The animal has needs. The animal has things just like a human does that makes it happy and makes it uncomfortable and makes it upset. And you you have to understand that when you get a dog, especially, it's not just, oh, it's a cute little puppy. Then it turns into a dog. You're like, oh, my God, what? I have to take this thing out again or whatever it is. I mean, it's like, oh, my God. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. I know all about it, bro. (laughs) <laughs> it's just one of those things and you know because uh i don't know um i had a dog probably about uh i didn't want the dog um because it was you know it's one of those things where my daughter showed up at the house with a dog She's uh, like, oh, yep, yep. somebody was giving it away and i said oh we can keep it and i tried to like the dog i really did and in the end and it was a little bitty dog but in the end i grew to hate the dog and i felt and because the dog was sneaky and you know now some people are like how could you hate a dog well first off i didn't ask for the dog so i didn't have i didn't have that bonding time i tried to put up with the dog because it needed a home yeah and we kept the dog man for about i'm not even exaggerating man probably for about three or four years and i was finally like i didn't ask for this dog ain't none of y'all taking care of this dog this dog needs to find a new home ASAP and luckily we ended up being able to send it to uh let me just put it like this uh, uh, another relative a cousin yeah in Detroit in Detroit like like put put uh put I paid I paid yeah your boy paid for my niece to take a flight round trip flight to Detroit to drop the dog off at the cousin's house and uh I am happy to report that uh, the dog, I don't know, the dog must be like 10 years old now. And she's uh, up in Detroit living her, her best life now. Yeah, uh, and the, but, that's awesome. That's what animals need. Yeah, because uh, she wasn't enjoying it at our house because, you know, uh, it was long. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, but but again, it goes back to like what I was saying. These people have one bedroom apartments and they get a large breed that needs a lot of activity. And it's like, well, how much yeah. do you think they're getting in that little tiny apartment? Like if you want to have an animal, maybe get one that doesn't need as much space and doesn't. I don't yeah. know. It's just people don't like, oh, no, I wanted a big dog so I could wrestle with it or whatever. Right. Like, OK. You know, I, one of the reasons I haven't had a dog, man, is the dog I would want would be trained like a kid. Like, come sit. heel. Yeah, walk. exactly. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would 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 poop in your house like twice a year? It just it would be so so well trained, like a police dog is well trained. Yeah. Uh, so that it's not so that it's not a burden. It's just like another member of the family, and everything is a good loving experience. But I don't have the patience to do that, and I understand that. Which again is why I keep talking about I want a dog, I'd like a dog, but I ain't got a dog. Yeah, and and again because you recognize that in yourself, and I think that that's what I wish more people would be that way. I didn't grow up with animals. I, I didn't have pets. And, you know, because I think all little kids are like, we want a dog. We want a cat. We want a dog. And I remember my dad, we finally got to a point where he goes, okay, well, let's start with fish. And if you can show me that yeah. you can take care of fish and do what they need, then maybe we can have a different conversation. And sure enough, at first I was gung-ho about the fish, man. 
I mean, oh, this is badass. I'm going to clean the tank. I'm going to do awesome. And then lo and behold, as the weeks go by, you start not cleaning the tank and you forget to feed the fish. And I came (laughs) home from school one day and I was like, what happened to my fish? And they had eaten each other. And it was just uh, after that, (laughs) I kind of gave up on the whole, can we get a pet idea? Right, right, right. And I feel you on that, bro. But what can you do? But we, will, I, I guarantee you, we'll get a dog again at some point. And, and I like them. I, it, but again, we would get a breed that would work for our lifestyle. And we would probably do things the dog needed very well. And Because I'm a big believer in that. I feel you. I feel you. Man, that was a fun podcast. A lot of Cowboys talk and a lot of random ass stories. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the best of podcasts. That's why we like doing it. It's fun. That, that's how it rolls. All right. Well, you guys enjoy your week and we'll be back on Friday with another new episode here of Jam Session. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.